Welcome back to Calculating Christmas. If you missed the previous chapters, you can find them on this podcast in the episode list. And now, chapter three. Whoa. Wow. It's really getting cold up here. I shivered, pulling the fur blanket tighter. Kayla rolled his eyes. That's why we wanted you to dress warm. I did the best I could from your vague note. Next time, tell me to dress warm enough to cruise at 5,000 feet. He chuckled. <laughs> if I had put that, you would have been up all night worrying why we were going to be flying. But then I wouldn't be cold now, would I? Are you cold? Kalo tucked the blanket around me and scooted closer, putting his arm around me. The warm, cinnamon feeling of living happily ever after flooded me. It was much easier to believe in my happily ever after when I was with Kalo. My mind went forward ten years. He and I would be married, still partners at Hia, and snuggling like this every night. We would have matching hot chocolate mugs and... Rational and logical, a voice in my mind whispered. Rational and logical. I frowned and stood up a little. I had to be careful. Mom warned me almost every day since it had happened that my feelings were going to be more extreme because I was now living happily ever after. I decided to focus on conversation. Do you like living happily ever after? Yes, of course I do. Kayla darted his eyes at me. I mean, I always have. I've been living happily ever after since Puss in Boots into... I suppose it is different now, but... He stopped, and after a moment of silence, he asked, Do you like living happily ever after? I think so. I nodded and then hesitated for a moment. Does it feel like cinnamon to you? Of course it does. Kalo answered quickly and looked away. Why, of course. Does it feel like cinnamon for everyone? Kalo let out a sigh and bit his bottom lip. He didn't say anything for a while. I sat in silence, calculating the odds that everyone living happily ever after feels warm cinnamon feelings. Finally, he said, We should probably focus on the case at hand. Obviously, you've never met Carol Claus, so... Aren't you going to answer my question? I countered. Kayla wasn't following the proper conversational equation. He took a deep breath and turned to look at me. He looked tired, and his eyes begged me to drop the cinnamon conversation. I wondered briefly how I could possibly know that. Interpreting social cues was not usually something I excelled at. Could I have invoked another quest clause? Or did this have something to do with living happily ever after? I filed the question away inside. Right. I've never met Carol Claus. Well, she's not what you'd expect. Eggnog chuckled. Ha ha ha, I'll say. He turned his head and winked at me. I could tell you some stories about Miss Carol that would shock the crown right off your head, princess. He turned back to the front. I'm not wearing a crown, I murmured, touching the top of my head. Kayla looked at me embarrassed. He leaned over and whispered. Let's change the subject. We shouldn't discuss this in front of... He pointed to Eggnog. I nodded. Want to talk about the cinnamon thing? He rolled his eyes and ignored me. I let out a breath and tried to think of something that was safe to talk about. (sighs) After a while, Kalo asked, Why haven't you been to visit me? I thought you would have come to meet my family by now. I thought you weren't receiving any visitors. I was surprised. Had he wanted me to come? Everyone was told to stay away, to let your family have some space. I would have seen you. Kalo's voice was quiet. He added louder. After all, I am your trainer. Surely you've had some questions for me. Oh, well, Grim has me analyzing stories. Besides, I rushed on, I've been grounded. Grounded? Kalo said a little too loudly. For what? Skipping school, disobeying my mother, contributing to the delinquency of Blair. Kalo looked shocked. When did you do all that? Oh, you know, when I rescued you and Ella, remember? Mom wanted me to stay in the real world and keep going to school, but I knew I needed to help rescue everyone, so I came anyway. You got in trouble for that? I nodded. 
To paraphrase my father, my safety is my number one priority. If something happens to the heir to the throne, everyone's happiness will suffer. I paused thoughtfully. It's my first time being grounded. Kalo smiled a little. And how exactly did you contribute to the delinquency of Blair? I grinned sheepishly. I got her to impersonate my mother and call the school to say I had a family emergency and wouldn't be back for a while. Well, at least your first time being grounded was memorable and ultimately for a good cause. He paused. How much longer are you grounded? Until Saturday. I glanced at Eggnog. He was leaning back so he could listen. I didn't want to become a story he could tell about Princess Lily that would knock your hat off. How long have you been into origami? I asked, changing the subject. Kalo started to answer, but just then the elf turned to say, We're beginning the descent now. Make sure you hold on for this part. I gripped the side of the sleigh with one hand, and Kalo grabbed the other one. I smiled as the cinnamon filled me. I could get used to living happily ever after. Santa met us at the landing strip. He was round and jolly and everything else the songs say. His red suit perfectly matched his hat, and he jingled when he moved like there were bells somewhere in his clothing. He wrapped me in a bear hug and spun me around. Welcome to the North Pole, your highness. After he released me, I managed to mumble, um, wow, nice to meet you. Being picked up and spun around by Santa had disrupted all my small talk equations. Santa politely ignored my social awkwardness and put out his hand to Kalo. Good to see you again, my boy. They shook hands. I was very glad to hear about the rescue of your parents. You must be so happy to have them back. I am. He smiled and nodded. Very happy indeed, sir. It's been wonderful. Santa beamed. Come inside. Come inside. You must be freezing. The princess looks cold. You should have had her dress warmer, Kalo. Kalo raised his eyebrows and mouth told you to me. I shook my head. Come inside. Mrs. Claus has some cocoa and cookies all ready for you. We followed him into a large four-story cabin, one of the buildings surrounding the landing strip. Observation is always a good mathematical skill to practice, so I quickly scanned the other buildings surrounding the landing strip. The cabin was connected to a factory. There were two barns, one for reindeer and one for sleighs, and off in the distance was a village comprised of smallish buildings. Mathematical reasoning told me it was probably for the elves. Also, all the evergreen trees were decorated completely. Christmas trees everywhere. A cheery fire roared in the fireplace, and even though it was the middle of October, a large Christmas tree twinkled in the corner. Santa hung our outerwear by the door. Kalo and I sat on a red and green striped couch while Santa took a large red recliner. Mrs. Claus came in carrying a tray of cocoa and cookies. It's so nice to meet you, your highness. Mrs. Claus curtsied and smiled. Have a cookie, dear. She held the tray toward me, and I took a star-shaped cookie. And some cocoa. That's it, dearie. You too, Kalo. My, how happy are you look since your parents were rescued. Santa and I were just saying how nice this must be for you, and just in time for the holidays. It is nice. Thank you. Kalo took a mug and a reindeer cookie. Now, princess, Mrs. Claus said as she sat down on a holly-patterned love seat near Santa. Where was I? Oh, yes. I wanted to tell you how sorry I am we couldn't make it to your presentation. We wanted to be there, of course, but from July on, things are just so busy here, aren't they, dear? She patted Santa's knee. He smiled and nodded. The toys don't make themselves. He laughed loudly. <laughs> we just couldn't get away, she added. That's all right. I set my mug on the coffee table, which was shaped like a Christmas tree, giving it a rather large perimeter and surface area. Because of all the branches, it was much larger than a normal coffee table. I wondered vaguely if Santa had a tape measure I could borrow to analyze its dimensions. Kalo cleared his throat. <clears> throat. How is Carol? Mrs. Claus's face immediately crumpled. She is still determined to leave. Santa squeezed her hand, and she continued, 
I had hoped I could talk her into staying, but she won't change her mind. She looked away and dabbed her eyes with a handkerchief embroidered with candy canes. Carol is very troubled, Santa added softly. We are grateful to Hia and King Matthew for arranging this. Caleb smiled. It's no trouble. Carol will be quite safe with the Sparrow family. Mrs. Claus's smile returned. I hope you won't be too inconvenienced, Your Highness. Oh, no, I answered quickly. I'm looking forward to sharing a room with Carol. I've always wanted a sister. That wasn't strictly true, but polite small talk can quickly morph into polite half-truths. I rambled on, searching my mind for anything I'd seen sisters doing on the TV shows Corey made me watch when I spent the night at her house. We can fix each other's hair and stay up late talking. I certainly hope not, said an acid voice behind me. Carol! Mrs. Claus exclaimed. That was rude. Apologize to the princess. No, that's okay, I said as I turned around and saw my new sister standing on the staircase. Carol Claus did not in any way equal what I thought Santa Claus's daughter would look like. She did equal what I thought a goth-slash-rebel girl would look like. Goth-slash-rebel girl equals pale makeup, except for black lipstick and extremely dark eyeliner, very dark cropped hair, a gold stud in her nose, a black leather jacket over a plain black t-shirt, a short black skirt, black fishnet stockings, and black combat boots. Whoa, I whispered. Close your mouth, Kayla murmured. Hello, Carol, he said in a louder voice. It's nice to see you again. Whatever. Carol descended the staircase. She carried a small suitcase with her. Oh, I thought all the luggage had already been sent, Kalo asked Santa. Yes, he answered. It has. This suitcase doesn't leave my side, Carol interrupted. Great, Kalo nodded instead. All right, Lily, we'll just excuse ourselves. Santa, Mrs. Claus, thank you for your hospitality. Please take as much time as you need to say goodbye. We'll be in the sleigh, Carol. Come on whenever you're ready. I'm ready now, Carol huffed. All the same... Kalo mumbled, pulling me along and shoving my coat into my hands. Once outside, he walked quickly to the sleigh. I hurried after him, checking over my shoulders to see if Carol was coming. That girl freaked me out. Lily, I know you like to independently come to conclusions on your own, but I am begging you for just this once. Please do what I say without arguing. He helped me into the sleigh. Do not do anything to antagonize Carol while we're flying. Remember how important Grim said this case is. Also, she might push you out. Okay. I nodded in agreement. Why would I want to antagonize someone who was clearly so terrifying? Great. Carol let out a breath. Why are you so nervous? You don't have to live with her. Because Carol is really angry, really bitter, and really scary, and there are a lot of things that could go really wrong with this mission. Like I said, you don't have to live with her. Thank you for pointing that out twice, but if you had listened to Grimm instead of pouting, you would have heard that the rest of our mission is to eventually reunite Carol with her parents, and that it's not going to be easy. You've seen how she acts around them. I mean, how do you reason with someone who is openly naughty in front of Santa Claus? Thank you for listening to Calculating Christmas. If you can't wait for next week's chapter, you can always purchase the book on Amazon in print or Kindle formats. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on the characters or the story. You can reach out to me through the Lily Sparrow Chronicles Facebook page. Until next time, happy reading.